Welcome to the Inside Bassmaster Podcast presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, episode 157 of the podcast. And if you're just joining us, we're right here towards the end of Thanksgiving as it goes into December. We're in that good in-between time period where that means there is one more BASS tournament on the horizon. That is the team championship, one spot in the classic that'll be decided there. But I'm your host, as usual, Ronnie Moore, my co-host, like always, Kyle, Jesse, and Kyle, Today's episode is a little bit different. We're not going to have any professional fishermen on the podcast as a guest, but we're going to have a lot of people who have been in the boats with the pros and have some testimonials, some fun stories as well. We're talking about the Marshall program because Marshall signups and registration for the 2024 Elite Series season and the Classic are right here upon us. And it's a great opportunity for a random Joe who loves the sport of bass fishing to get up close and personal with their favorite athlete. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'd say uh, just about every single Elite Series tournament I've covered, I wish I could switch spots with a marshal and just uh, get <laughs> to watch the stuff with no work involved, just uh, be a part of, of uh, you know, an Elite Series Pro's Day. And, uh, you know, they they do help us tremendously with coverage as well. Not that they have to, but they they certainly help out a lot with, with Bass Track, um, Skype, obviously, bonus coverage, sending photos in for the blog and things of that nature. Um Life of the Marshall is pretty sweet. I'll be honest. I mean, it's literally getting to spend a day in the boat with an Elite Series Pro and, again, not be required to do any work. So, like I said, I've I've been uh, – there's been more than a couple of times I wish I could just flip <laughs> spots and just not have to go edit photos in the in the media trailer or something like that. Well, I will say that they, they don't have to do work, but some of the marshals that we have dubbed as super marshals, they put in a lot of work. They get the opportunity no to be in the boat with these guys. They don't only just see it for their own gain. They'll watch Bassmaster Live when they're no longer being a marshal. Later that week, later that season, they'll text me uh, details about a guy like, hey, he was telling me at, at Lake Murray that he was really looking forward to Smith Lake, you know, coming up and and why. And then when it comes to fruition and they catch him, it, it puts all the pieces of the puzzle together. Plus, some of these guys, they are just as good at videoing tackle tip Tuesdays or fish catches as we would be in the back of the boat. And they've got their camera rolling at all of the key moments. I'm, I'm pretty sure some of these marshals have a second phone that has 164 free gigabytes of just videos that they just roll all day and delete the ones that have nothing in them because they capture some of the best moments that you're wondering how that happens. So on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to get to talk to three different perspectives. We're going to talk to Pat Renwick, host of Straycast. He has been in the boat as a marshal all season long with the Bassmaster Leads series in 2023 obviously getting to see um, some of the favorite anglers on the beloved tour up close and personal and then we've got two guys that you may not know by name but you have you know that they were the marshal who was so lucky to be in the boat with some key moments guys like les cook and rick moore they are guys who travel around and have been elite series marshals or classic marshals i mean six seven maybe tournaments out of 10 a year they are highly active and they've done so for the last four five six years i remember whenever i helped run the marshall program and bass track and things like that i would have marshals um like marshall uh brian who would be at at 20 years worth of these things like he was fishing as a co-angler when the co-anglers were on the elite series and he's still riding in the boat with these guys today so not everybody's just an old retired person we've got 16 year old guys we've got middle-aged guys we have really passionate people and like kyle patrick elite series rookie for next year we've even had future elite pros riding along when they were young kids so marshall program's great it definitely means something to me as i i helped 
uh, with Bash Track for a good portion of my career before coming to TV. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it there, but that's what I've always thought. It always puts a smile on my face to see the younger marshals, especially get in the boat with these guys. A lot of times you hear stories of, of, you know, it being a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or whatever it may be. And as an angler, regardless if you're a younger guy or an older guy, getting to spend time in the boat with a Bassmaster Elite Series Pro in competition where he's not, you know, he's not necessarily trying to sell you something. He's not trying to do this, do that. He's trying to catch the five biggest bass that he can and bring them back into the to the to the weigh-in. So I mean, you know that you're going to get a genuine experience. Um, you're going to have plenty of stories to tell, that's for sure. And I think that's what we're going to uh, try to get out of these guys today. But um, I mean, talk about a treat. Like I said, especially for like a younger angler trying to learn something because it's been said for years and years and years, and it's true. As an angler, you gather experience fishing with all sorts of different people. You know, when I fish with you, you might gain something from me and vice versa that we might not do otherwise. And I feel like everybody I've ever fished with, ever spent time in the boat with, that's been true. Who better to learn from than the Bassmaster Elite Series pros? I mean, it, it really doesn't get any better than that. That's for sure. If you could go hang out with Patrick Mahomes for his pregame prep or be on the sidelines when he comes back to the coaches to hear them discuss things, that is exactly what it is for an Elite Series day on the water. $99 gets you two days on the water, gets you apparel and gear and access to pros and a wealth of knowledge. You may be with a guy that you necessarily weren't expecting to be with or looking forward to being with and learn something that day or become a fan of them. Everybody's got a, a story to be told. So uh, let's get our first guest in here, the wild and crazy pat renwick uh host of straight casts uh he's definitely is ate up with the bass fishing bug so to have him in the boat as a marshal there's probably been some times where the the guys are like hey pat i'm gonna need you to simmer down son because uh renwick definitely brings it at all time at all times kyle we mentioned it this guy doesn't really need an introduction it is kyle's best friend pat renwick the host of straight casts and pat you've been uh You've been in the industry for a while now, but in 2023, you got to be in the boat with a lot of pros for a lot of days of competition. First off, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. But tell me what the Elite Series and the Field of Anglers mean to you, especially when you get to be up close and personal with them in the boat for the heat of the competition. Boys, I think it's no secret that um, I 500% bleed blue and gold. Okay, and uh, I'm a big advocate of Mr. Scott's dream. And uh, let me tell you, 2023 was a, a, a year of dreams come true for this kid. That's for sure, bud. Being a Bassmaster Marshal, no doubt about it. Magic happened out there, for sure. Pat, yes. I, I got to ask. I got to ask. On, yes. on During the Elite Series, naturally, I, I've seen you get paired up with a lot of guys that you're super linear with, I guess super close with it. It's got to be yeah. just like fishing with, with them, you know, when you're not, when they're not in the elite series, I got to ask them, surely you've been in the boat with some guys that don't know what you're all about. And by the time <laughs> the day gets rolling they're they're like, what did I get myself into? So I, I just got to know if you've got a story like that, we got to hear it. Well, I really don't. I marshaled a few years ago and, um, it was at uh, Pickwick, is what it was. And I had uh, Kyle Welcher, 2024 AOI Kyle Welcher, or 23, sorry, Dylan, AOI Kyle Welcher. Uh, I had Brandon Lester and um, also John Cox, I think. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, oh, and no, I had Scotty Martin. Scotty Martin. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. We had you went super far time. from you went super far from takeoff about yeah. forty six feet. Long run. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was right there, and he's just jacking sixes. But no, that was a good time. I think I had never met Kyle Welcher before, so I don't think he had known what to think of me. And honestly, I was kind of quiet with him that day. It was the day. If you remember that derb, there was the first day was called be because of um, uh, weather, uh, something was going on, and so I had Kyle on the on the second day, which was the first day. And that night before, I was busy saving Corey Johnston from things, so I was up late. That does yeah. not surprise me at all. So, so, so Walter, I was kind of quiet how, that day. And then, yeah, how long um, did it take him to butter up to you? Um, I don't know. We, uh, Kyle and I were very quiet the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kept telling me, don't tell anybody about this secret spinner bait that I'm using, <laughs> which I immediately called all my friends about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Pat, what drew you to, uh, to reach out to Bass to be able to be a marshal? Uh, Kyle and I were talking before we brought you on about, you know, marshal program being close to, near and dear to our hearts. We work with them. Um, I obviously helped set up Bass Track for a couple years when I was on the road. And so these guys come from all walks of life. They want to get in the boat and learn. Um, you're also gaining more familiarity with anglers, but you're also gaining the opportunity to pick their brains to use later in other content shows, ask questions, those intimate moments that you have where, where they lost one. But then they they rebounded from it. No one else gets to experience that other than Marshall's in the boat, unless there's a camera guy with them. Yeah, it's a it's a very unique experience um, for a fan of this sport because no other sport do you have these type of opportunities. Let's just be frank about it. And um, you get a chance to, as I have, be paired up with some of my my idol, some of my grand inspirers, the inspiration to to things that I do in everyday life. I've been had an opportunity to share the boat with some of these gentlemen. And what you learn is it's a constant learn. Let me explain that. So you spend what is a day in the boat? Eight hours with a guy? To, I mean, and it doesn't always sink in at that moment, but further down the road, as you, you know, as you start to think about that day and dwell on it, um, months later, you think about things that were actually going on. And I think that's a fascinating part of it. It's spending that much time with a person it, um, in any capacity, you learn a little bit about. And to answer your question, Ronnie, about, what you and Kyle were talking about. I've got to learn more about these guys than I already knew. I've been broadcasting for 12 years now, and I've interviewed most of these gentlemen. Um, but when you spend time in the boat with somebody, you <laughs> learn about somebody. You know what I mean, boys? You know what I mean? They're their favorite words to say when they land one or lose one. <laughs> yeah. Dang, dumb it. I've always had I've always had the theory that same same with what you're saying that like you'll never be closer in life maybe outside of like your significant other or like direct family than like your fishing partner who you've spent time in the boat with because like yeah. there, 
there's nothing left to say on the table like that hasn't been said when you're with your fishing partner. So I imagine getting to experience that with a, a Bassmaster Elite Series Pro has uh, got to be pretty thrilling. It, it really is. Hey, and Kyle, you uh, absolutely have the best smile in bass fishing. I hope you know that. For yeah, those on, I think yeah, you might be on the podcast. Say it again, Kyle. I said, I think you're the only person that's told me that, but you make sure to tell me that just about at least once a tournament. That's a million dollars. Bass and angel. Yeah. You're the bass and angel, Ronnie. Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah. You are. I'm 30 now, so I can't be that. I got to, I got to hand that off at some point though. So Kyle will be the heir apparent to the bass and angel brand. Well, I don't know. Once an angel, always an angel, unless you go over <laughs> to the other side. You know what I mean, Mr. Moore? <laughs> don't want to be a fallen angel at all. <laughs> don't do it, Ronnie. <laughs> So Pat, uh, what was maybe maybe since you're from the North Country, smallmouth? You can call me so, a Yankee. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Perfect. Up with my uh, my uh, adjacentness to the Mason Dixon line, where you can yes. call me a Yankee. I will yes. call you. Okay, so you're a Northerner, yes. aka a Yankee. Mister Scott would have called me a Yankee. Maybe you haven't been to some of these bodies of water. Has has there been a body of water that you went and traveled to this year that you learned a whole bunch about bassin? Not the angler. Not the stories, not the personalities, but you went to a body of water you'd either not been familiar with and you just absolutely fell in love with it or learned so much about it that you're like, man, that would be, I want to go back there or I hope they come back here for an elite event. So in 23, I did four events with you guys. Okay. And that was Okeechobee, Seminole, Murray, and uh, Lake St. Clair. I'm familiar with Okeechobee. Uh, I lived out in Florida for many years. I'm also familiar with St. Clair. I visit there quite often. Um, as far as Seminole and Murray, I had been on Murray before with my buds from Berkeley and, and stuff and messed around there. But to get to the point, every single tournament, I learned something. Like, yeah, about the angler, of course. But, dude, I learned about bassin in every event. You probably don't have I any blue back hair. Yeah. I learned about the physical side. I learned about the angling side. I learned what to eat. You know <laughs> what I mean? I learned how to do yoga with Rick Klein. <laughs> you don't tell me, Ronnie Moore and Kyle Jesse. Well, tell us about that then. I want to know all about yoga and Rick Klein. If he is going to be in going into his 50th BASS season, and I believe either uh the Harris Chain event or it'll be the uh, St. John's River event will be event number 500 for Rick. So is yoga Yikes. the key to 50 years as an elite series angler? <laughs> no, I'm going to answer that for Rick and say no, that that is not his key to success. Uh, <laughs> let me back up a second and say one of the cool things about being in broadcasting, Ronnie, for the this amount of years is I actually get to become uh, friends with um, a lot of the people that I that I interview, and I have been, I have studied Rick Klein since I was a little boy. Uh, I don't mean that to sound weird in any way. The guy has set me. I've, bud, I got to tell you something, man. I always been. I've I've gotten trouble in my life a lot. And no, that's yeah, I have Ronnie. I, I'm a little rough around the edges sometimes, you know what I mean? But, um, bass fishing has always kept me out of getting in too much trouble. And 
Plun's philosophies help me in my everyday life. He has some cool things that, that he does. So um, to not, I'm getting off track, but it's to make a point. Um, I got to become friends with a lot of people in this industry. And it's very special that this year I've become friends with the Klon family, um, and Melissa and Rick. And it's, I mean, they're very special to my heart. And, and just to have that happen, but I can't even tell you. Like that, like that. Rick Clinton knows who I am. Okay, yeah. that's that's not that's that's silly. That's silly talk. Anyway, Kyle and yeah. I have both experienced that. I mean, just the other day, I was up at Larry Nixon's house shooting some videos with him before you know his subsequent, you know, for sure retirement from the sport, and we were just sitting there sharing stories, and I was like, "What the heck am I doing up at Larry Nixon's house in the middle of nowhere shooting video?" Like. Yeah. How yeah. cool is that? And he said, like, thanks, Ronnie, and like texts afterward. I'm like, yes. he I should be thanking you to a level that it gets annoying, but this is super cool. So Kyle's got those same stories as you're like, Am I doing it's it's like you're out of body? Like, I'm I'm do what am I doing right now? My 15-year-old me never would have believed I'm doing this moment. That's hundred percent, Ron Moore. A hundred percent. And look at Kyle smiling. He knows. <laughs> Kyle's just smiling, he knows. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm going to answer your question. I talk a lot. I'm a talk show host, but listen. So why Rick Klun does, why he's been successful for 50 years is because he's a beast. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he understands the water, the earth, and the whole Bass Galaxy. And most important, the whole Microteparis family. Okay. But here's why he does yoga. Every AKA time Bass. He, if, you like know, that, if you don't know that, that transition, that AKA, AKA Bass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, anyway, he does it for relief because Rick, as he gets up there in age, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I think he, he might. I believe we talked about it on the Straight Cash Show with him. But um, he does it. He said every time he does those stretching yoga exercises, it gives him another 10 to 15 minutes of relief for him to fluidly cast and be one and so, it's mesmerizing. i mean hitting a wave and breaking a vertebrae and and driving yeah. and having sitting on a cushion or casting like dude there's times where i'm like man i'm 29 or 30 and i'm in studio looking at the big waves that kyle jesse's got to be taking photos out in or these anglers got to run out in at 60 miles an hour if they would if they don't want to waste time and kyle frankly I wonder why we do it sometimes or how they do it sometimes while I'm in studio. I'm, yeah. like, I'm glad I don't have to do it. So for, for Rick at times, yeah. he probably. You're on a chalkboard, Ronnie. They're riding four footers. Okay? Exactly. Eight footers, yeah. according to fishermen, but yeah, four footers. Yes, in yes, general. Yes. Eight footer. My, man, I'd like to thank Mercury for getting me back in them eight footers. They're only two and a half foot. Yeah. But my Mercury got me through the eight. <laughs> you you didn't get to see those. <laughs> what a myth! Just in general, how much of a myth that is. Like, what what is nobody nobody really knows what a real wave is. Like, uh, it's distance. Like, it's four foot, six foot, ten foot. They take flip sticks no. out. It doesn't they take even matter. Sticks out, Kyle, and they just measure them real quick. <laughs> it's insane, Pat. I do. Got, I, I got a. You're a storyteller. You you. I've heard you tell plenty of stories to me on your show. Uh, not yeah. me on your show because you've never had me on your show, but uh, oh, here we go again. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> both, on both instances is the point I'm getting at. And naturally, you have such a relationship with a lot of these guys that opens them up and and, you know, really allows them to be themselves in a lot of ways. I got to know, is there a story you have from any of the guys you've rode with? 
where like going into it, you weren't really sure what was going to be the case. And then going away from it, you were like, that guy's completely different than what I thought he would have been like. No, not completely different. Um, but maybe having a characteristic or a trait that I didn't expect or that being sense of humor, perhaps, or our anger at the, you know, different, those different types of things that you learn in that, in that Marshall program, you know, that's, that's what you witness. Now, like, there's a lot of examples that I want to tell you guys, but I can't tell. Okay. You know, like I learned so much that it's just like, you know, what happens, what happens, happens in the Marshall program stays in the Marshall program. You know what I mean? Sometimes Brotherhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? The first rule of the Marshall program is you don't give up some things in the Marshall program. I will, I will yeah. say uh, the one interesting character that you've been able to be in the boat with a couple times is John Cox. We all love yes. John. He has carved out a niche in this industry one that is waning, you know, we see guys maybe do what he does, but in a fiberglass boat, that style of fishing, but that mm-hmm. window of time is necessarily, you can't just do that anymore in this era of technology and learning and adapt adaptation and growth. So being with John in the boat, have there been conversations about maybe the technology aspect of the sport, where it's going, how he sees himself using it? Cause a lot of times he doesn't launch, he launches his boat without graphs or without a, a active target <laughs> or a forward-facing sonar on there. But I know there's been times he's put it on there, and I know that he's not a dummy, and so I know that he knows how to no. do it. It's just he just figures out ways to not do So has, have you had that conversation about that aspect? Many times. Actually, John and I are, are – I consider us close friends. We we talk often. And, Brood, and, blood brothers. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. We're both from Florida. You know what happens in Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I lived in Florida for a while. So you can kind of tell. But <laughs> but but anyway, um, so with John, John is kind of like the Ferris Bueller of bass fishing. Are you boys familiar with Ferris Bueller? <laughs> it's his day off. Familiar yeah. with his day off. Well, yeah. no matter Ferris can't do wrong, and Ferris can um like there could be 14 semis uh, going across the street and, and Ferris could be on the cell phone and not looking and just walk through all 14 cell phone or uh, semis on the skate. John Cox has a tendency to just Ferris Bueller his way through things beautifully. And I'll give you a couple examples about technology. Uh, first time I was practicing with him on picnic and he's like, Pat, I, I got a spot. We got to check out. We got it. And we're all, the way at the dam we were by the bra tree you know the bra tree or the whatever that is on Pickwick. <laughs> yes <laughs> okay right so by the we're, trussle <laughs> we're all the way over there chasing brown fish and he's like i got i know where there's some fish da, 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 da. but we run for 45 minutes in the crest line and we're about 40 like i said 45 minutes down we still got some to go he's he's like oh no and I'm like, what's wrong, Johnny? What happened? It's like, dude, I thought we were on Kentucky Lake. We're on Pickwick. This not <laughs> this isn't even right. <laughs> and he was looking at a map, so that kind of gives you an idea. Um, <laughs> so, um, you can get to Kentucky Lake from Pickwick, but that's a long ways. 
Yeah, dude, we were going. I mean, just going. And that's when John had the, uh, um, I believe he had the uh, the Frohawk going too. So it was actually, <laughs> there was a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of flowage on that 45 minutes. <laughs> um, but John seriously said, he's like, he was, it must've been, it must've been at Murray. I don't know where it was. I can't remember. It was at the end of the year when he was in contention for AOI still. Yeah, because it was coming up to the Northern Swing. That's what it was. And um, and he's like, man, I, I've been thinking about putting that uh, that periscope on my boat, that forward facer. And um, I'm like, no way. And he's like, and he's like, I've really been thinking about it. He, and I'm like, oh, that's, I'm like, that's on you, bud. That's your deal. And uh, he said, it sure would be cool win AOI without it. And I said, yeah, yeah, Johnny, yeah. <laughs> and that's about all it was. And then but he didn't necessarily he win said that, man. <laughs> I thought he was playing with me, but he was seriously thinking about putting that puck on. Yeah, I mean, it's not the it's not the devil, I, even though some may call it the devil. No, I'm not saying that. Ron, no, 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 I'm no. I'm saying that, like, that, yeah. we won't look down upon John Cox if he does it, especially if he starts catching some smallmouth in good proportions. We just like to see more John. We can get the better. Yeah, John is uncancelable. Whatever he does is <laughs> fine with the whole Bass Galaxy. Okay, he even had his own juice bottled up. Yeah, Look, Pat, we yeah. didn't we didn't have you on the show just to come on here and complain about forward facing sonar. That's not what this is about. We do do I'm that every single. Every... I don't even do... <laughs> if I had one, I'd use it. I'm trying every to get one single free right now. Every episode we talk about it, even if we're not talking about it, <laughs> like yeah. somehow it gets brought up. Oh, you know it. <laughs> That's the. That's it's called a things. periscope, guys. Oh, it's a sorry. Periscope. A kaleidoscope. That's when two of them hit each other. Did the, you hear on the? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, John Cox was amazing. So, uh, I, I got to finish about him while we're talking about him. On um, the first derb of the year, uh, was Okeechobee with me, and dude. That guy, everybody's like, oh, that dude's great with a general or whatever. We did a video. Um, it's called Praying for the Big O. And uh, it got a million views. It's crazy. We don't know. I think it's because we titled it Praying for the Big O. But John smashing big ones on, on, the, uh, on the Berkeley Speedworm deal, bud. I mean, yikes. I've never seen. There's certain things I guess you can't talk about. And one of them is how he does that speed work. The other one was a secret I learned in a hot yoga class during a Lake Murray event with John Cox. We were, happened to be in the middle of a hot yoga class in a back cove of Lake Murray. It's true. And I, you, you asked John, there was, there was hot yoga going on and we were instructors all of a sudden. But what I learned from John was the most sneakiest secret spawning rig ever ever and i cannot talk about it oh. like there's a couple of my buds that know i i i well, which know, means you've talked about it which means you've already well, broken told, the oath so I you gotta Seth tell us because i had to but that's all only his nearest <laughs> competitors kyle <laughs> yeah well, Pat, what you got? What what do you have coming up on uh on Straycast? Anything for the the post Turkey Day pre Christmas spectacular? 
Yeah, um, we have December is a big month. Um, we actually have a uh, um, a BASS special featuring uh, Kyle Jesse uh, coming up in December. <laughs> it's pretty much I'm just gonna turn it on and be like, "Hey, Kyle, how you doing?" Then I'm gonna go make some frozen pizza and I'll be back up in an hour. It's your <laughs> show. No, but. <laughs> I thought we were going to do a repeat of last year's show where we had everybody from Bass on except for me. I thought that was what we were going to do. Louise, <laughs> You know what? I can't keep everybody happy. Big Papa can't do it all. Sorry. He's got, he's got mouths to feed, Kyle, and you're not one of them. Hey, come so you got, on, a, big, you got a big December. About, I mean, we're doing In December, we're doing uh, a Bass show for real. Kyle's on it. Ronnie's not. Um, also... Uh, uh, we got uh, Z-Bob. Uh, Zona Train is coming on in nice. uh, December. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Like, I have some amazing advertising partners on Straycast these days, and they give me a lot of freedom, and I, I appreciate that. I want to thank them for that because, like, I don't just do a show to do a show. When I do a show, I'm going to knock you in the face. You know what I mean? That's what I'm doing. And that's that's Southside style. That's Chicago don't mess up Kyle's smile. Never, never. That's it. Your parents are proud of that. I got to tell you. Hey, um, guys, there's a lot of. Uh, I, I feel like that we wouldn't do justice if I didn't run down this deal on this Marshall program, just so people understand the magic of this. For sure. And maybe, maybe comprehend some of the beautiful things I got to experience. So first off, Okeechobee day one. Larry Nixon. That's who I had. Larry Nixon. The general, dude. How'd you do that? Because we had a camera in the boat with Larry Nixon on day one. Oh, day two. Day two, okay. Larry Nixon. I was about to say, day don't two. be lying, Pat. I don't know. Come on. I, I mean, I know the stats. I know. Well, anyway, don't, don't, don't you, don't you, don't you, Ronnie Moore. Okay, day, I, I, day two, Larry day Nixon. Two. <laughs> day one, day two, catch 44, six and a half dozen of the other, Kyle, Jesse, smile, whatever. All right, ready? So I had Nixon, dude, like, that's crazy. Um, talk about meticulous, right? Meticulous still. Um, and uh, the fact that uh, he observes everything going on around him, even at, at Larry's age. It's, it's kind of, I was saddened to hear of his retirement today. Uh, again, his retirement again. It was nice that we had him back. For a, for a year, yeah. you know, yeah, it was it, it was it was nice. Forty six years of his career, and he was glad to end it with BASS, which is super cool. Hey, I've been to his place, like I said, in Arkansas. There is no reason for him to leave there other than to get groceries. And honestly, he's got enough wildlife around; he doesn't even need to leave to get groceries. But yeah. beautiful place, and, and man, first bass millionaire. Oh. The only time he needs to leave is Wednesday nights to go play poker with the boys. That's it. That's true. That's the only time Larry needs to leave the house now. <laughs> hey, so um, tell us some more also, guys. Uh, also on Big O, I had Johnny Cox, as I told you, and Brandon yep. Tapp, um, nice. 22-8. Uh, and um, that was a great time. They, you know, the it, it, experiencing um, he and uh, – you know, and just the whole the whole deal with the Kyle just the brand, and, yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, Kyle, whole the whole Brandon Palinick package is amazing, and being reigning AOI at that point. Yeah, yeah, and then 
just how good Brandon really is without even thinking about being good. Yeah. You know, kind of like we were talking about Johnny Cuts. You know, Brandon just, they, I mean, you guys don't call him the prodigy for nothing. I think yeah. Dave gave him that name. I mean, it's got gills. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> he sure does. Um, okay. Uh, Seminole. I did like Seminole next. I toured with you guys. I was like a rock star. So I went to Seminole next in uh, day one. I think Ronnie, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, David Fritz. Is that when I had Fritz and I was highballing his weight? Yeah, Ronnie? you highballed his weight pretty good that day. But you were with Fritz. You got one part correct. Yeah. The Hey, my weights were right on. You just, you, you the weights ended up being there, You but I just told you I had more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the weights were correct on the bass track. I'm just like, no, it's way more. You talked to, yeah, he's got 20 on bass track, but he's got 27, actually. I he got 26. 27, 25 and a half, But here, let me tell you this, man. You know what I really learned with David Fritz that day? If you're not feeling everything your crankbait does, you're not throwing a crankbait. Like, you don't know how many times he said that. And also that he can do amazing things with a pocket knife. Like, I'm, I mean, put new hooks on, tie knots, do whatever, open Haircut. his lunch. Yeah, what? Well, not me, no. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, watching Fritz and watching him watch the flasher and watching him sit down and wind all day. He's like, I think some of his success when you put him in a situation where it's like a winder's derb, like Seminole was in some instances, he was hitting stumps and, you know, off of some of the spots that he had won the derb out, out there. I can't think of the year right now. Um, you know, you noticed with, with Fritz that everything has purpose. Everything has purpose with that guy. Out and wow, watch. I mean, could you sit down and wind a plug all day? I couldn't do it. I kind of tried to do it back in the day because he he's the the founder of High Rock Lake, which was my home lake growing up. And so he made the crankbait famous there. And so you try to emulate him, but I had to stand up once in a while, you know. <laughs> so he gave me he cranks with braid. Yep. And he gave me some of the braid that he uses to crank with. And and I came home and tried it and I adjusted my tackle and this and that. I just, I don't know how he does it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I gave it a, I gave it a, uh, a, uh, a God's honest try. Hey, um, I know you guys are pressed here, but check this out. I feel, I feel being unjust if, if we didn't mention Lake Murray mm -hmm. and, uh, the time I got to, to spend with, uh, Mr. Greg Hackney. Yeah. John Cox uh, with hot yoga and Greg Hackney that week. Yeah, uh, Hackney was day one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> and then Cox was day two, I think. But um, so Hack Attack, and no disrespect at all to any of the other anglers that I fished with, that's the best angler I've ever been in a boat with, dude. Greg Hackney's the best fisherman I've ever been in a boat with. Um, I mean, versatile, dude. He, he's like, he can... He might not look, I don't mean any disrespect, but we're, we're both kind of forest creatures, uh, Hackney and I. And he, he may not utmost look. Disre utmost disrespect, that's fine. He, he might not look um, 
in place with a spin pole. But boy, can he jack him with it. And then the next se second, he's picking up a gosh dang eight-foot flipstick and popping him in the boat. And then the next minute, he's got a swim bait on and jacking him. I mean, he does everything. I've never, I saw it in Aaron Martins. Sharing a boat with Aaron Martins, I've seen that. Um, I also see it in Seth Fighter, but, uh, oh, and I had Seth, well, we got to talk about, we, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this, so, if you want to get in the boat with Greg Hackney, like you did as a marshal, we put up day three at Lake Seminole the other day in a, in, a, in a new thing we're calling Unfiltered, and it's every single camera clip of Greg Hackney's day, just putting a timeline so you could watch his whole day from takeoff. I learned he had Snapchat, which is something that the kids are doing these days. I learned that Greg Snapchats his family, and you can see all day long of a day of competition with him, and uh, I think that's going to be something that fans are going to enjoy to see uh, after the tournaments that we we just pick a random guy that didn't win and put their full day together and, and let you watch it. Some magic happen as they break it that's down. That's outstanding. So, I can't wait to watch yeah, it. But It's I on mean, our YouTube Dude, he's amazing. The guy is seriously the best fisherman I have ever uh, been in a boat with. That's Everything awesome. he seemed to do is flawless. He could tell you about a bird over here and be catching a bass over here. It's for real. It's for real. Um, last event I did was Claire. I had Corey Johnston um, day one. And I had Seth Fighter day two. You were uh, the Corey was supposed to have a camera day one. We had to take it out of his boat. So you were correct on that. You gave him then. Yeah. Then I went in. <laughs> Just make, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But dude, Corey's a beast. Corey is an absolute beast who pretty much um, is as silly as it sounds. He doesn't do much wrong on the water. All right. Like that guy, especially with the smallmouth bass. I've spent a lot of time in the boat with Corey, not just at the at you know at St. Clair, but yeah. he don't fool. There, there's there's misbehaving with Corey, but not misbehaving with Corey in the bass. Okay, put it that sure. way. Uh, last thing about Claire, day two Seth fighter. Uh, again, Seth's a dear friend of mine, and I fish with him often. But uh, I got to see a different Seth fighter fishing with him as a marshal because this was the new set fighter learning the forward facing sonar, um, trying to perfect it and get better at that craft for this Northern swing uh, of events. Difficult. And it was cool to watch and him bring out the chair, the Fritz chair, as he called it. So he could periscope better. But man, I mean, I learned everything, even from my buds being a Bassmaster Marshal. Pat, appreciate all you do for us and what you'll do for Kyle in the future. And uh, yes, thanks for being a and the blue and gold. The blue and gold, I believe, blue and gold. Yes, it's very yeah. cool to see your pride for BASS, and we're we're thankful for that as well. And I know Kyle and I both carry um, not only obligation to uphold the brand, but also sentimental portions of it as well. So, yeah, bud. Well, yeah, I, I just. I, I just want to say for anybody that's made it to this point and doesn't realize it's a joke, uh, Pat Renwick is one of my favorite people on earth. I, <laughs> I just like giving him a hard time. So no, we were going to keep it going. All those things Ronnie said, I don't want anybody to get the wrong message. Uh, all those things Ronnie said, <laughs> I, you're such know, a nice guy. Hey, uh, this, uh, this is taped, right? 
Maybe. You guys want to sing a song? Sure, let's sing a song out. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but uh, I got together with Bo Dowden, uh, Bass Master Class, and we wrote Chicago Blues song for you guys. Uh, part of this is true, part of this is not true. I'm going to let you decipher what is and what's not. But I want to see if you guys can um, it can uh, um, can clap me a beat. Are you ready? Okay. So I'm going to give you the beat. And I want you to clap it. And we're going to see if this works or not. All right, you okay. ready? All right, here you go. I can't hear it. It's cutting it out. <laughs> oh, which is good because for the podcast people, they don't need to hear. <laughs> All right, you ready? I had me a time on the Bassmaster Insider Show. Well, I had me a time on the Bassmaster Insider Show. I can't you even know, hear the harmonica. We need some stray cast microphones because I can't hear the harmonica. But Pat, that was fantastic. All I know is you can carry a tune even if I can't hear the beat. Pat Runwick, everybody, thank you so much, Pat, for joining us. And we can't wait to see you in 2024, man. Yeah, Bass Galaxy, Bass Nation, I love you guys. Peace. Thanks again, boys, for uh, having me on. Take care. Of course. You're the man. The one and only Pat Renwick. And we're going to jump right into our next guest who has been on the line for a few minutes now waiting for his turn so eagerly. And you may not know this guy like you knew Pat Renwick, but this man, Les Cook, has been a Bassmaster Marshal so many times. He had to email me a list of guys that he's gone with because there has been some special moments in the boat. Les, can you hear us? How are you, man? I, I can hear you. How are you doing, man? We are doing fantastic. So it's great to talk to you today. For one, Kyle and I are excited about this Marshall episode because it is Marshall sign-up week. And for us, we talked about how Marshall's mean something to us. They help us do our job. They fill the pieces in together. But also we hear the echoes from anglers uh, or from weekend anglers who jump in the boat with these Elite Series pros and get to learn things, experience things, and have a great day. That'll be a core memory for the rest of their life. And I know you've had a lot of those moments as well. So thanks for jumping on. And then uh, you're going to tell us about some of those stories as well. But uh, man, appreciate you investing your time in the Marshall program. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a huge advocate for this program, uh, especially from the very first time uh, I jumped in one of these boats. I came away from that tournament thinking, man, why doesn't everybody do this? This is such an amazing opportunity with lifelong memories. Um, I I, uh, I can't advocate for it enough. Les, Ronnie sent me the list uh, that you sent him, and one of the first <laughs> things that pops out to me was 2020 Kyle Welcher. You did shoot the video of the 10 pounder. Is that correct? I did shoot that video. Um, that was one of the most memorable experiences out on a boat that I think I'll, I'll ever have. Um, and it was amazing to watch that happen. And it, it was really cool to shoot that video. And of course it got a, a lot of airtime 
Um, and, and that's that's amazing. But what was really more memorable to me is watching Kyle struggle in the first part of that day. And uh, you know, of course, he doesn't have a camera with him. I'm new to this. I'm just kind of keeping quiet, and I'm, I'm I'm a sounding board for him. And he's he's talking it through like I'm struggling here, and this isn't working. This should be working. It's not working. And he goes, you know what? I'm a poker player. Um, I'm going to increase my odds and go with what I think is better odds. And he changed. He pivoted. He went out. And he tried something completely new, got on something a little bit, and the next thing, whammo, he hits that big, big fish. And remember, Kyle was, uh, that was his rookie year. That was his very first tournament with the elites. And uh, so I, I hope that that video helped kind of propel his career, which, of course, he's earned it. I mean, look at him now. He's, a, he's an amazing fisherman. He's always earned it. But, uh, you know, hopefully that helped with his sponsors and, and everything else. Yeah, it's one of those moments where we get exposed to these anglers. Now we see them in the opens on Bassmaster Live. We'll see them in the college series in the bracket. And we kind of already have seen them fishing in the boat. But for that to really be the first day or first shed, you know, uh, ounce of footage of somebody fishing. And it's it's a, a giant fish in a crucial moment of a shortened event. Three days. He almost wins that mm -hmm. event. And uh, that was a pivotal day. So, that that's a piece of footage that I I think when you sent it to me, I was like on Bass Live losing my mind. Like holy cow, I got to get to the screen of knowledge. I got to show you what just happened. Holy cow, this is a <laughs> this is gonna be the biggest fish of the year or something like that. And like you said, it was very monumental to his career. Getting off to a hot start in an event just like Lee Livesey, 2019, his first time uh, fishing the Bassmaster Elite Series. He has that dot catch and. And will and that propelled him until mm -hmm. he wins events, and now he is such a household name, like you said, Kyle A O Y. Um, so tell me, what made you first sign up for it? Where's your fishing background? Are you an avid angler on your own? Are you were you getting into the sport years ago when you wanted to be a marshal to learn? Had you caught some in a pond, and you're like, I don't really know what it takes to be a pro. Let me go ride with these guys. How did you get involved to to begin with? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I, I started uh, fishing when I was in my 20s. That's probably about 40 years ago now. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite 60 yet. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Um, but uh, I, I, I struggled a little bit at first, you know, kind of learning on my own. Um, and I lived in an area that didn't really have the, the pro series guys coming around. And I watched on TV, like, you know, a lot of the guys that are listening now or watching now. Um, and I always thought it was it would be cool to, to check out how these guys do this. Um, finally, we settled into this area over here near near Palaka. We live in St. Augustine, Florida, and Palaka is close by. And I was fishing on the St. John's River for a couple of years. And, and then when the opportunity came and and uh, and basically Bassmaster came back to Palaka, I thought, I want to see what these guys do on this new uh, this new fishery, because I was relatively new to and um, relatively new to this area. I, I'd been uh, fishing a couple of years. Um, the St. John's River will humble you, <laughs> but it also has uh, an opportunity to really pay off. And I wanted to see how uh, a pro who fishes all over the place, doesn't specialize in any one place, how they approach someplace new, um, like I had just done recently and see, you know, what do they do different or, or what can I do to improve mine? Um, I, I, I'm not really a... Um, a tournament angler, I, I just do it for fun, but um, it gave me uh, a bit of insight into something I maybe never would have thought of. I gotta ask, in, in all transparency, have you ever went back and fished the the ten pounder hole from <laughs> from Kyle Belcher on your own time? 
So I, I, I think I misunderstood you. How many times have I gone back to that place? <laughs> that would make sense as well. That would certainly make sense as well. Um, you know, to me, the most fascinating thing of this is like, naturally, you've been with so many guys on so many various bodies of water. You know, the stories are probably endless. But, you know, is there like one story you could tell that was like you went with somebody that you didn't expect to be a certain way, if that makes sense, like super friendly, talkative, um, you know, where you, it just opened your eyes. Like maybe you didn't have a, a perceived notion of the guy and then you walked away from it. Like that's one of my favorite dudes to be around. Yeah. So I, I approach things a, a little bit different. I, I try not to prejudge really anybody. Um, and I try to kind of feel for myself. So what I do uh, when I get on the boat is I just kind of sit back and, and try to relax and let them set the pace. You know, are they talkative? Are they not talkative? Are they talking to me? Are they talking through me? Um, and most guys, what I found, um, they're they're phenomenal dudes. Um, they want to chat. They want to get to know you a little bit. You know, you're spending eight hours of your day out there. They're interactive. Um, they want to teach you. If you have questions, always ask the questions. I've never had anybody, um, you know, kind of turn their back to me and just not want to talk throughout the day. And uh, I will tell you, though, one person that I didn't have any preconceived notions of, but I that really made an impression on me was Brandon Card. I mean, nicest guy I think I've ever met, not just in bass fishing, but man, that guy is a good dude. That's awesome. And yeah, and this year, obviously, you went with him in 2022. Um, mm -hmm. But then to see him this year go through all his adversity health wise and have such a great season and make the classic as well is pretty cool to see that. When I'm looking down this list, I mean, you can, there's places you've been to Palatka multiple times, Lake Eufaula in Alabama, Gunnersville, the classics, uh, not only at Hartwell, but also Ray Roberts, uh, Okeechobee, Harris Chain, things like that some of these names pop out as like, I remember that footage and Stetson Blaylock at the Harris chain in 2022 was one of them, a giant at the end of the day off the bed. And I believe it was the same day or it was a day after his father-in-law had passed away and it was an emotional day. And you got to be in the boat with some of these guys at their hardest time. Uh, and then their triumphs like that, that had to be really cool. But um, tell us a little bit about Stetson Blaylock in that day, because uh, that was such a, a memorable catch. I think I used it in the top yeah. 10 catches of the week as well. I stole that and put it in the video. <laughs> well, I guess it's not really stealing if I say, yeah, it's yours. <laughs> but and I think we, we sort of sign a contract when we're getting in saying that, you know, you, you guys get the, the, For sure. the tape. Yeah. So. Uh, no, but Stetson, um, honestly, uh, very humble sort of guy. Um, it was an emotional day for him because he had just lost his his father-in-law. And, and it was it was more than just kind of a distant relationship. This is somebody who was very much like a father to him. He knew that he would have wanted him to continue fishing. And um, it, it, I don't know why, but that fish that he caught at the last part of that day just was really important. Um, and you could feel it. It was palpable. Um, we We knew there was a fish there there was and he had seen it but there was a, a guy shore fishing for that and he you know he's obviously going to let the guy that's already engaged with that fish to to stay engaged and we just went on about our merry way but then the guy packed up and left and he said i got about five minutes i'm going to give that a shot and so he went over there and uh he uh he pulled that big girl off the bed and it was it was like a flood of emotions that came through him 
um, as he caught that fish. And I mean, we had to turn and burn to get through that canal to get back to the, the, the launch ramp. But to be a part of that entire day was just absolutely phenomenal. And I can't say enough good things about him. He's a good guy. They're all good guys, really. I'm going to jump in, Cal, real quick. Uh, the Ray Roberts Classic's also on there, and Brock Mosley was somebody you rode with. So coming into that or after practice for that Ray Roberts Classic, the rumblings were, this is Brock Mosley's Classic to win. Like, this is a summertime event. He's had a good practice and just fell flat on day one. Just didn't. It wasn't easy out there, so it didn't do well on day one. Now he's going out there probably flatter than he had been all week. You're his marshal on day two. He busts a big bag day two. Then he busts a big bag day three and ends up finishing in the top 10 in the classic. And now it's a what what could have been as his roommate wins. But tell me a little bit about second place Brock Mosley and that budding star that has now since then won an elite event and kind of conquered some of those demons. But in that moment was at his lowest of low on the biggest stage and had such a huge day with you. Yeah, he felt the pressure um, all day. You could just tell he was uh, he was really feeling the pressure. Um, you know, I, when when I'm in the boat and I'm talking to guys, I always I always want to like convey positivity. You know, like reinforce positivity. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to just sit back and, and be quiet. And uh, then he started kind of hitting a couple of, of places, and I started getting excited, and he started getting excited, and he started pulling in a decent sized bag, of course. Um, you know, Hank went out, went on to, to win that, but I'm going to tell you a little story that maybe everybody doesn't know. Um, at the very end of that tournament, uh, we had, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes to kill. And so those guys don't come in a minute early. I mean, they're using every bit of their time because you never know what's going to happen in that last minute, right? Everybody's got a story. So he went around the corner from the launch ramp and hit kind of a, a spot that was really close. So he knew he could just, you know, just be bop over to the launch ramp as soon as, or the check-in area, as soon as time was up. But uh, he, he wound that time down to the very last second and then ran up to pull up his trolling motor and the cord snapped and his trolling motor was down and he couldn't get to the ramp. And he hollered out some sort of no, I mean, that was guttural that I think somebody heard across the lake. And uh, I don't remember who it was, but one of the other anglers came over and actually took his fish on board and transported um, Brock to the ramp so that he could get those fish weighed in. Um, still a good, and I stayed with the boat and to make sure that nobody messed with his boat. And then he came back and picked me up and got it fixed. But, um, that guy had so much adversity during that tournament and to have the smile on his face that he did and to have that good day that he had, even with that adversity, um, props to Brock. Les, obviously you get considered, um, amongst the small group of su super marshals. That's obviously the, the <laughs> term that gets used a lot. And a huge part of that is how much you contribute to Bass, the production of the TV show and the, you know, the live show, to the website and the blog, all these things that you contribute to. I guess, you know, to somebody that is has not marshaled before or, you know, has only marshaled a couple of times, one, any tips and tricks for, for people wanting to do that? And then two, just the value and the importance because Ronnie and I could talk about it all day long because because we're the ones producing it on the back ends. But, you know, you personally, you understand that like those videos, these crazy catches, the Mosley buzzbait catch there on Ray Roberts and, and the Kyle Welcher 10 pounder. These are parts of history that people will like be able to see forever because you did, you know, a, a job that you're not required to do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, 
Yeah, the, the Lisa is asking me to kind of say something at Marshall meetings because I do have a little bit of experience. And and the first thing that comes to mind uh, when talking to somebody, maybe this is their first time, or maybe they're considering doing it, um, go in with the mentality that you're just going to have fun. Just have fun. You know, go out and have fun. This is this is kind of a benefit for those folks that want to ride along. They want to they want to learn something. Um, taking videos is not required. Um, taking photographs is not required, but it's fun. Um, to me, I enjoy taking videos. I, that's, that's, I wouldn't say it's a hobby, but it's something I do enjoy. I think I'm, I'm kind of good at it. I think I've got a few videos out there that are nice. Um, I, I'll be humble about that. But, um, you know, the first, first bit of advice is just go out and have fun. Second to that, if you enjoy taking video, take some video. But what I take away from that, um, you know, and there may even be some guys out there that uh, are, you know, that's their sole reason is they want to catch that great video and, and more power to you. You should get out there and do it. Um, but to me, you know, my takeaway really is uh, interacting with these guys, learning that they're human beings. You know, they're not, um, they're not immortals. They're, they're humans, all good guys, good connections, um, makes me respect them, makes me respect the profession. Uh, when I do take videos, I'm trying to promote their their sponsors. These guys struggle sometimes with um, you know having the the budget to go through a whole tournament season, and you know they have to have sponsors to make that worthwhile so that they can still put food on their table. So those are kind of the things I contribute. But taking away, um, you know, I I get to learn first of all. I get to ride in every type of boat that there is, so that when I go <laughs> out to pick a boat, I know which one I want. Um, <laughs> Phoenix boats. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so you get to learn what's comfortable, what's not comfortable, but, um, also, you know, again, I learn a lot about approaching certain situations. Uh, when I'm by myself, the, the, uh, the river changes every day. I, you know, you go out pre-fishing for a tournament. Um, you, you're locked in, man. You got a solid pattern. You got a, a honey hole. You go there the next morning. It's not even, you know, 10 hours later. And you go to that same honey hole and you won't catch a bite. So seeing how these guys can kind of pick things apart and look at things in a new way, those are the learning opportunities that I get. It makes me a better fisherman in general, but um, just being a part of something uh, as well. You know, this is Bassmaster, uh, BASS, the organization uh, is a great organization. Um, uh, conservation, uh, promoting these, uh, you know, tournaments. Um, I, I, I can't say enough good things about being part of the organization. So I'll ask you this. Uh, we always go to Florida in February when it could be cold, could be bundled up, mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like the Sunshine State. We're going to be there in April this year. Will you be there for one or both of the Elite Series events or any for the 2024 season? Um, and if so, what do you expect to be different in April from the Marshall perspective than in February other than more enjoyable weather? <laughs> I, I, man, I'm all about that weather. Um, a quick story about the very first time I marshaled with um, with Lee Limacy here at Palaka in Florida in the wintertime. I'm going to hit that real quick, and then I'll answer your question. Yeah. Um, I'd never, I'd never really, I didn't know much about him, and I found I ran into him at the uh, the dinner we had before the first day, and I, I I asked him, "Hey, I'm your marshal. You know, what's our ride? You know, what can I expect?" And he looked at me. He said. It's a boat that you've never heard of before, and you're going to want to take some ibuprofen before you get here and all day long. <laughs> and we're going to go fast. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. And, and it was not one of those comfortable boats. <laughs> so um, the, the nice thing is I'm not going to be um, I'm not going to be all bundled up like I had to be before. I hope I hope April is uh, a little bit nicer. Uh, but my personal plan, um, I am definitely hitting the Harris chain. Hopefully I'll run into your parents there, Ronnie. Um, yeah. And then. 
Um, I enjoyed meeting him when I was there last time. And then um, I, I can't do, I can't marshal for Palatka because a friend of mine's having a wedding on a cruise ship and I have to go. So oh, I'm going to be really disappointed to meet the... Unacceptable. <laughs> I know. I, I, I wish that, that BASS would have consulted with me before they put out their schedule. Honestly, so that I could let sure. them know when I was available. I told them when um, Marlo's birthday was so they could avoid her birthday and, and they avoided. So that's good. But uh, there you go. Well, Les, I, I appreciate what you do for the for the program, for the organization, uh, contributing, and for the memories that you'll grow old with. You may think you're old now, but think about, you know, in 10, 15 years, <laughs> and you think about those special moments is Kyle Welcher could be a multi-time AOI champion. He could be a classic champion in the future, and you got to be in the boat, his first tournament ever at the pro level, or all of these different anglers. Uh amongst you know various times and and so you can say i was with so and so back then even even riding with uh micah frazier and joey safuentes and maddie wong this year at okeechobee that's three mm -hmm. totally different personalities and backgrounds that's a guy who was on his way out because he wants to spend time with family it's a guy who's about to win two elite series events and it's a guy who was by the end of the season was fishing for his career very very crazy to see when you look and stack them all up who you've been with and what you've learned. So thank you for doing it. And uh, man, the sign up is uh, this week uh, that the podcast is going out. So uh, make sure we'll make sure super Marshall less cook gets in, but yes, everybody else make sure you get in. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I switched over to lifetime membership. So I get a little early. Oh yeah. Um, uh, a couple days heads up. <laughs> a little heads up to anybody who wants to do it, you know, get that lifetime bass membership. So you get to sign up early so you can make sure you can be out there on day three. That's fantastic. Les, appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us. And we can't wait Thanks, to yeah. uh, to talk fishing with you when it's uh, in the midst of the game during elite events. So, Sounds great. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Kyle, that is uh, one of our guys. One of our guys, Les Cook. Um, a different perspective than Pat Renwick, but, man, Les has been – Les and the next guy, Rick Moore, have been a part of some of the best moments on the boat uh, that we have witnessed, you know, in the last, at least, you know, during and post COVID we'll say that. Yeah, no question. I mean, it really is. I mean, that's kind of when I started thinking about it, I had no idea before I started looking at the list live about that Kyle Welcher catch, but I started thinking about it. It's like that video, I mean, like was nothing short of viral. I mean, it oh really my was. Gosh. It we was put it in the TV insane. show. It's in the TV it show. Absolutely yeah. insane. And it was just because he had the foresight to like video what was going on. Like that's, that's just crazy. And I said it already, but I mean, it's literally hearts and days and, and every day is a part of history, but especially when it's those days that change the course of, you know, in that case, like you mentioned, kind of changed the course of his career. I guarantee you, not only for the tournament's sake for Kyle on that day, but, you know, having that video, that video is so valuable uh, you know, for that Kyle viral and, moment. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. And uh, yeah, like you said, our next guest has been uh, I, 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 at this point, I feel like he's been with literally every single elite series angler. So pretty much just ask a question about whoever, and uh, he's probably got an answer, I would guess. Yeah. And no relation necessarily Rick Moore or Ronnie Moore, no relation there, but I wouldn't mind if he was, you know, my uncle or whoever uh, Rick, how are you doing, man? Appreciate you joining us today. I'm doing excellent. Thanks. We were we were just talking, and I was saying there was no relation that I knew of between you and me, even though we share a last name. But I wouldn't mind if you were a relative because of how you cover the sport from your position uh, in the boat with these guys as a marshal. Rick, give us a little bit of a 
an insight. We talked to Les Cook just a few minutes ago and and got his, you know, why did he sign up to be a marshal? Does he have a love of fishing prior? Did he have a little bit of knowledge and wanted to learn more? What was his situation? He gave us that background. But you, you have been an observer and a spectator in multitudes of high-profile things. So give us what was the first time you heard about the Marshall program and then uh, and, and be a, to, to be a part of it? Well, I checked last night and I've done 39 tournaments in nine years. Holy cow. So I've, I've done a couple, okay? And I'd have done two more last year, except I had to get out of the New York because of the flights and all that. Uh, anyway, I was into the West Coast tournament scene late 70s, 80s, early 90s. Um, and then all of a sudden, it I just kind of got out of it and got into more big game saltwater for quite a few years, Cabo and all those areas. And that kind of took over. When I retired in 2005, uh, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to get me a little bass boat. I'm going to get back into it. Well, uh, strangely, an unknown to me, there were a lot of techniques that didn't exist when I quit. A wacky, what is that? You know, on and on and on and on. And it, it almost became a joke with all my buddies. So uh, a couple of years later, after I kind of started fishing again, uh, the elites came to the Delta in 2015. I thought, okay, I'll throw my hat in. So I did uh, the Delta and Havasu. That was my first two. Uh, rather enjoyed it and actually have one or two lifelong friends from that original uh, uh, tournament series that I did. Uh, did three the next year and then got crazy and started doing just whatever I felt uh, up to seven a year and all the classics since then. So uh, for me, it was initially I needed to catch up. I had been out of it 15, 20 years and I had a lot of catching up to do. Uh, and then it became, you know, I was retired, my wife's retired, so we vacation in Europe periodically. We'll go over with the backpack in four or five weeks, but I haven't seen a lot of the United States, and this was an opportunity. She goes with me to a few of them. If there's opportunity for her to do something, as you know, a lot of these places are somewhat remote, uh, but it's it's a good time. I've gotten to see a lot of the U.S. that I never would have seen otherwise. So while you're doing the Sabine River, she's gator hunting and filling tags for gators or, or what? Uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I came back and she was doing it, but no, she's a, a big bicycle rider. So we'll rent a bike and she'll, she'll ride, you know, 70, 80 miles all day while I'm fishing. That's or awesome. Wish I was fishing, watching <laughs> fishing. Watching fishing. So Rick, you kind of, you kind of alluded to this, but Obviously, just tell the viewers where where you're from, just to put in perspective. You know, you you travel to these tournaments. It's not like these are in your backyard and it's just going to your home lake. I mean, you go to tournaments that are not close. Yeah, and this this had to be a serious hobby, or I would not spend the money I've spent uh, yearly on this endeavor. But I'm in uh, Central California, Monterey County. Uh, and which, as you know, on the West Coast here, access to a lot of good bass fishing. Uh, but because most of the tournaments are on the opposite side of the U.S., uh, requires a lot of traveling. I used to stay in hotels. I now only stay in Airbnb. So the costs have gotten significant, but it is a great hobby 
uh, made a lot of good friends, and I feel like I'm contributing. I do a lot of volunteer different organizations for different things, and Bass is one of them. I look at it as a volunteer. Uh, I learn a lot, uh, make some friends, uh, both marshals. I've got lifelong friends now with marshals that we get together. We can pretty well get the scoop on any tournament, whether we're there or not, if you know what I mean. Somebody's and, in it in your circle. <laughs> yes. And in that circle, they're, they're, most of them are uh, still doing some tournament fishing. And a lot of times they'll bring a boat if they're not too far away and we'll fish after the tournament for a couple of days. So uh, there's a lot of pluses. Now that's personal. Uh, you know, the other benefit is just two Bassmaster. And I think it's, it's a give back for me. Well, we have certainly appreciate it. And like we were talking about with Les, whether it's him documenting Kyle Welcher's 10 pounder at St. John's river, or just being in the boat for some of these moments, I'll sit here on Bassmaster live looking at an angler trying to get inside their mind as we're, as we're live. And I get a text from you. That's like, Hey, I was with him on day one and he, we went down this stretch and now, you know, it's day four and we're watching the final day. And you're like, he told me, you know, he actually got hung up on that dock just a minute ago. It's the same one he got hung up on on day one, but that was when he found the bedfish that now he's on that pattern. So I appreciate you contributing in that way. I know that as a fan of bass, like I was before working with them, I would probably hopefully have the same mindset you do. And so there's been some things that you've witnessed on the water, probably, or in the boat that has stuck with you forever. So can you give us, run us down one or two or three really impactful fish catches or moments or a day with an angler that like, man, I, you know, when, when I'm telling my great grandkids or my grandkids, these stories, it's going to be like that guy, I saw a star in him. Uh, well, I've seen a star in a lot of them and I've seen stars a few times, especially when you're, uh, and I'll just say my first one. And uh, I won't say the angler, but it was at Lake Havasu 2015. He was fishing right next to the beach. Well, I always take out several bottles of water. I can't take a leak and I need to take a leak. Plus, I always have one or two of these. Every single person out there should have these. I love them. When you get tired and sleepy, crank one of these 300s. It'll get you. <laughs> and uh, so it's perfect. The podcast text, is sponsored by Black the, Rifle. Text, Com Coffee text in the mail, okay, There you go. Text in the mail. I'm almost addicted to these things. Okay. <laughs> and uh so he's by, and I can't take a leak. So I grab a water bottle, take a leak and dump it out. Well, I always collect my trash. I take my trash with me. The next morning, my dear wife got up, went down. Oh, honey, I filled these three water bottles from yesterday. I said, did one of them look a little foamy? And so that's been a joke with that particular angler ever since then. So at least I caught it. And another one was I was with an angler. And this was when before we've kind of lost the, the big groups, the 20, 30, 40, 50 boats that would follow. I'm with this person and I can tell he's doing well because we have one boat, five boats, 15 boats. You know, pretty soon I counted 55 boats. Wow. He can't hardly get out of the cove. I said, I got to take a leak. And I'm 70, okay? And he says, you know, I got to take a leak too. He gunned it and he said, you're going to have 30 seconds. We flew up between all these houseboats into this dead end that nobody could get to. He had 30 seconds, took care of business, and out we come like he had done what he needed to do. So uh, <laughs> we've had a, I've had a lot of good experiences and, and rarely do you have a bad experience. And you just, 
learn to figure out your pro and you go with them. Some of them like to talk, some don't like to talk, and either is good with me. Now, you know, I like to blog. I send a lot of pictures because I got to stay busy. I can't sit in the seat and do nothing all day. Uh, a lot of that has changed. There's a lot of marshals that are YouTubing now. So there's a lot of information for people that want to find out how to do it, what to do. And I would encourage anybody to do it uh, that has the slightest inkling to do so. Even if they just go out one tournament, it's well worth it. Uh, you know, I'm on the extreme. <laughs> but a lot of guys are close to a lot of these lakes. And it, it's like I said, it's a good give back. You learn a lot. You make some good friends. Uh, and it's just, you know, I think it also, we need more marshals because we're running short on a lot of the tournaments. And I think you need the marshal to keep the credibility and trust for the organization in the organization. Uh, and that's what I mean by a give back. I feel like it's a way for me to volunteer and give back. Rick, I, I got to give you your due, your due credit here. Obviously, you know, Ronnie and I just mentioned the term super marshal. I feel like the, the term super marshal only became a thing because of Rick Moore. And I, I could be completely wrong, but I, I'm certain that's that's correct. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity, obviously, to to talk to you and work with you a lot, even when I was still at JM through the, the Skype. And then obviously now more hands on that we're both at events at the same time. But you know, from my perspective, it almost seems like you've taken on without being told to or even asked to, or it's not responsible, you know, it's not your responsibility, but you've taken on like a leadership role in this and like been able to help other people and kind of encourage people to do this. What is, what has all that been like for you? You know, and, and not just myself, but that circle of friends I was talking about, we are continually trying to convince people to sign up. A lot of them are back east, so it's easier for them to grab onto somebody and convince them. Uh, I will say I think I convinced two from Oahe to new buddies, uh, met them at Oahe, and I talked up the Classic like there was no tomorrow, and they both went to the Classic with their wives. So, That's awesome. Uh, sometimes you just need to kind of push it and just keep talking about it, uh, even from a distance for me. Um and like I said, I run into them at the tournaments a lot of times and quite a few others that would come up and ask, well, what's this all about? Why do you do this? And on and on. And then you just got to stop and tell them why. You get a little bit of VIP access at the Classic as well, where every single person is trying to keep you out of places. And you're like, yo, I'm a marshal. I'm I'm with the boat. And, and you get to get in there and see things. Um, so do you have any plans for 2024? The schedule came out. Got a couple in Florida, a couple in the Louisiana, Texas region, a couple in Alabama, and then obviously the Northern Swing. Um, and if so, coming from the West Coast, is there a lake that you've been to to marshal for the Elite Series that you've like, I want to go back there someday? Like this is a this place is this place is my style, or I, I like the way this tournament fished as a marshal sitting there watching. Yeah, well, for sure, I'm doing the first two, which is unusual this year because I'm in charge of the PGA Tour when it goes to uh, Pebble Beach, AT&T. So I That's always awesome. have to miss the first one or two. The schedule changed this year, and so I'm going to be able to go to the first two. Uh, I will be at the Classic. I'm really looking forward to it and seeing who does and who doesn't get redemption after the last time we were there. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Uh, and then... You know, come hell or high water this year, even if it's 16 hours of flying like it was going to be this last year, 
I'm going to make sure I go back up to the Northern Swing because to me, it's two of the most beautiful lakes uh, in the country. And uh, I've had some very, very wild rides on the St. Lawrence and Champlain <laughs> before. Uh, one that we broke the graphs off and broke the trolling motor. It was it was a good it was a good ride back. You didn't get broken, did you? No, he kept asking me, and I said, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. See, I'm hanging on for dear life. See, when a 70-year-old marshal gets in the boat, a lot of pros are like, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. I'm going to be reckless. They're going to get broken. And Rick is like, buddy, I'm tougher than you. I've been in more boats yeah. in Elite than you have. You know, I, you're a rookie. I've been in 40 of these things. Yeah, well, the key is do not look feeble when you get in the boat. And when you get out of your seat, force yourself to jump up. Don't look like some cripple. Uh, if you groan then they will groan <laughs> oh yeah yeah they turn around and look and say what the heck i did fall in the water in coulter's boat one time and uh fortunately it was in only three foot he's gonna back the boat up he backs the boat up says i'm put the uh, power poles down okay puts them down the uh skeg of the motor hits a boulder and i'm taking pictures of course and there i go and i'm more worried about keep my camera dry and rip this life jacket off because i didn't want to have to go pay the 70 bucks to recharge it <laughs> so yeah yeah we've had some good times <laughs> that's funny rick rick moore is all of us with the co2 cartridges <laughs> and the life jackets <laughs> Everybody. Exactly. i still owe a friend from like eight years ago a co2 cartridge because i left his life jacket in my boat and uh it rained of course and blew up and we're still fighting about that to this day. <laughs> but uh, Rick, I got to ask you, I think I've asked you this in person before, but you know, you've obviously had the chance to go with so many different anglers. Not that I can really do anything about it, but I'm just curious of what, if you had like a wish list, like guys you haven't been with yet that you would like to, to, you know, spend the day with. Well, uh, I don't know. I think I've been, with just about everybody. You know, I have not been with Rick Klon yet. And wow. I've met him a couple times. Uh, I actually had dinner with him uh, one night uh, because, again, one of my buddies from Texas knew him and the family. We all went out to dinner. So I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, have dinner with him. But uh, have never been in his boat. And uh, obviously his age, I'm in total admiration for uh, in my opinion, he's tough as woodpecker lips. That is incredible. Well, I'm just saying, I cannot confirm or deny, but a text may have just been sent just to say, hey, if we get the opportunity, 50th year for Rick Clun, let's get Rick and Rick together. <laughs> Magic will happen. Um, yeah. Rick, is there anything, uh, man, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be wrong in this, but like you've been around PGA tour pros, you've been around other, other professional athletes and you've been around bass fishermen. Where do they stack up in, in terms of preparedness, professionalness, cordial, like, you know, like they, people think you can just show up and be a fisherman and uh, they're prepared just as much as other guys. It seems. Yeah. And, and that and other sports, as you know, it's behind the scenes, the families, the tension, the travel, uh, you know, changing time zones, all of that is a big effect. Um, and I think in a lot of the major sports that move from venue to venue. And uh, I, you know, I can go out and fish two or three days in a row and I start getting a little tired. 
Uh, the only tournaments I fish now, and I only fish as a co because I'm lazy now, is uh, the one bass tournaments that are shared weight. They're a lot of fun yeah. out here on the West Coast. They do a great job with what they have, and I fish two or three of those a year. Uh, but like I said, I'm older, I'm lazy, and I'm having a good time, and uh, can't hardly beat it. Well, he's probably scary, Kyle. If if he's as good on the back deck blogging as he is fishing, I, he's going to be one of the yeah. best co-anglers to work with. But I'll have one more question before we let you go. You have been a Bassmaster Lead Series Marshal so many times, pre-forward-facing sonar and live scope, things like that, and now you've been in the boat with it. What have you learned or seen the game change as you get to be in the back of the boat in a non-intrusive Whereas a co-angler is like trying to trying to catch fish and they're getting guarded out at times with, with that technology, but you being in the boat to walk up to the front deck and check it out with the pro or to see it. Have you seen that from those with your eyes from that perspective and, and kind of gotten, uh, I understand this more and I see it as a tool and people online maybe are overacting or maybe, maybe you're one of the overactors. I don't know. No, I have all three brands on my both my boats. So, no, I'm not overacting. Uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, for example, uh, I've been out with two of the best, Taku uh, and Koya. I've been out with both of them. They do it differently, but they do it very well. I've also been out with quite a few of the other guys that are, say, middle age, and they're darn good with it. And I've been impressed. Uh, I've I've seen them. Use it where people say it can't be used. And that's where I learn a heck of a lot uh, with forward-facing sonar and where I came to believe in it. And, of course, I do it for fun, and it's a great time. But they also, most of them will share a lot of what they're doing, why they're doing it, when they do it, when they don't do it, and that type of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's the hot topic right now, and I think it's, it's going to be here. It's going to be around. Uh, I certainly wouldn't share a lot of my conversations with the pros I've had over the years, and it's For changed. Sure. The funny thing is I've looked at some old photos, and it seems like up until about 2018 to 2019, there was only one graph on the front of every pro's boat. And I've got thousands and thousands of photos, and I've looked at them, and I thought, that's kind of weird. That's about, it seems like, when the ball started kind of rolling, uh, and now, uh, you know, it looks like a control center. But uh, it's a good time, and, uh, you know, like I said, most of them are just very, 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 very helpful from a learning standpoint, and I think it's here to stay. It's part of the game. The rules may change. The rules get adjusted in a lot of sports. They may be, you know, slightly modified, but uh, I think it's here to stay. Only Kyle Jesse can get the rules changed from here on out. It seems he's got the pull. He's got the pull in Birmingham. <laughs> Ronnie, if you don't, if you don't mind, I gotta, I gotta ask one more question because I feel like this is the, like Rick's the right person to ask this to. So <laughs> I, I, I get the sense a lot of times, listen, you know, covering guys. There are certain guys when I watch them, even during competition, I'm like, you would never know that these guys are fishing for a hundred thousand dollars because they're just chatting it up. They're just talking. It's like they're just fun fishing, and you'd never know. Of all the guys you've spent a day in the boat with, who who is the most like that? Like in a positive way, like they're just laid back, they're just talking, and you would never know that they're fishing for a hundred grand or three hundred plus. Well, can I mention somebody that's no longer with this? Oh, that's totally fine because they'll be back sure. some point. They'll be back at some point. Now this guy won't. <laughs> Jeff Preet will never ever stop talking. 
<laughs> That's funny. And you know who is just a blast to be with? Even I've been with him several times, and he is just great to to talk and be with is Swindle. That guy can, even I've had him been in with him on good days, on bad days, and he's always the same. And just a great, great, shall I say, entertainer. That's uh, the way I look at it. Great guy. And, uh, you know, and surprisingly, as good and as many tournaments as Polinick has won, he takes the time during the day to explain what he's doing, right when he's doing it. Uh, he's that way, Zaldane's that way. There's so many that they talk. And like I say, I've been with them enough, good days and bad days. Uh, and they're pretty much the same. Kyle, it seems like there's probably a lot of Elite Series pros that remember the good days when Rick Moore was their marshal and would love to to bring that superstition back. Maybe every time Rick rides with them, it's good. And even the bad days, they're like, you know what? It could have been way worse if if Rick wasn't in the back of the boat, just being there, good presence. So we appreciate what you do well, for Bass. I mean, Thank one you. One for... more quick thing. Yeah, go ahead. With regard to what you said about previous and just popped in my head. We're going back to Toledo Bend. And I kind of have a hiccup in my getup with that. I was years ago with Jason Christie, and he almost won. Mm. And that was back when they didn't want to give you guys where they were at. And they're <laughs> yeah. bugging and bugging, 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 bugging. And Jason says, don't tell him right now. I don't want him to know where I'm at. And where he's at, everybody knows because it was on video because he, I, I think he almost won that tournament. And he was on video later. And But as you know, you got to run those boat lanes. And the day I was with him, we got beat up, slammed, blowing. sideways, every which way. So we get done at the end of the day, and he goes, well, how do you feel? I said, I feel fine. He says, oh, yeah, you guys got it over there. You got it easy. I got in a shower that night. My whole butt was raw. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That was a long track that was, up north. That was a tough one. On Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick, appreciate what you do for Bass, being a part of it as a marshal. Like we said, there's a lot of pride that comes with the brand, the tournament organization, Ray Scott, what he created, Trip Weldon, what he held through, Lisa Talmadge, Dave Mercer, everybody that's on site and makes it possible all the way to the show where Tommy and Z um, have held that flag for so long. So appreciate you doing your part and spreading the wealth. Um, I know we'll see you in 2024, especially at the Bassmaster Classic, and you'll probably have a ragtag group of guys that you've convinced to come with you as well. So thank you for what you do and continue right. to bother us. You you only help piece the puzzle together more. Sounds good. Take care, boys. Awesome. Rick Moore, my long lost uncle. We're gonna call him that, Uncle Rick. And uh man. If Rick if Rick Moore was your uncle, he'd be like the cool uncle that everybody wanted to spend Thanksgiving. Hundred percent. Yeah, Love he's going to be the one with the stories that everybody wants to come sit on my lap. And I'm going to tell you about the day I was with Jason Christie and he was eluding the cameraman. <laughs> It'll be a great one. But um, super cool to see those three perspectives, man. Pat Renwick, we know him embedded in the industry. Les Cook and Rick Moore. You should have saw their responses when I texted them and said, hey, you want to be a part of a, a podcast about the Marshall program? And they were like, do I ever like come on like i i get to talk about this this is this is what i do for fun this is super cool to be a part of it so um they infiltrate our lives they care about our families now they probably know your wife's name they know my daughter's name it's very very cool to see that um transpire
Yeah, absolutely. And and all the marshals are special. I mean, again, sure. like we talked about earlier, I mean, literally every person that gets to do it, it gets to share like a special moment, um, you know, with that angler, with the tournament, like just the whole experience is really awesome. However, yeah, it, it is really cool to, to have, you know, some of these guys that go to a lot of the tournaments um, and get to marshal um, multiple events. And like you said, you get to know them on a personal level. And it's like, to an extent, it's like they're part of the crew because you see them every time you can basically count on them being there. Uh, and you notice when they're not like, you notice when Rick Moore is not at a tournament, you're like, I haven't seen Rick Moore this, this week at all. I do um, scan down the pairings list and I'm like, who's with this oh yes like we're gonna get good blogs from this or like it never fails who are you telling and when i was doing the marshall or the uh, (laughs) type stuff for the live show it was like praise god whenever rick moore was with somebody we needed to get coverage with because it was like you know even the guys that weren't on the marshall list i was always just blown away by how um willing they were to download the app do all like the things i would ask them to do um just to get them on the live show but i think that that's the thing like these guys understand that it's a huge help for these pros to get the exposure, to be on the, the the show and everything. And, and, you know, all the guys that we had on the podcast today uh, perfectly, you know, display that and they know that and they understand it and they do everything possible to help. Like I said earlier, even though they're not required to, like they do everything possible and more. I am a little concerned with Rick. He needs to be out with some smash up days of fish catching. Cause he told two stories about going to the bathroom on the boat. And I, <laughs> I did not expect those stories to come out, but we'll give him love for that. Um, Kyle, we, uh, we're approaching the sign up date. I don't know if this podcast is going up the day of sign up. I know life life members get to sign up early. Like Les was talking about. Um, but if you have not ever been, if you've never been a marshal, this is a great opportunity to do so in 2024. Sign up, ride along with a pro for at least two days of competition. You'll get some gear. You get the access to the pros. You get some lifelong memories as well. And if we text you for an update, now you've got our phone numbers for life as well. So don't abuse that, but just, uh, you know, you'll have that. So, <laughs> um, But we appreciate the marshals and, uh, and what they do. It's a cool, cool look into a pro sport that, you don't get any other any other sport. I know you'd love to be in the dugout with Corey Seager after he jacks one, and he get to ask him what he saw up when he was at the plate or what he saw with that bedfish like Stetson Blaylock and Les uh, when they caught that big one. Um, so awesome opportunity. Sign up, be a marshal. Um, you won't regret it. It'll be uh, an awesome opportunity for sure. Yeah, I agree. It really is an awesome opportunity for for guys to to tag along again, like you said, it's a perfect example. The best of the best. You get to literally spend the day as they compete. Like there's no other sport you get to do that. So it's a really special opportunity. I would certainly encourage anybody and everybody that wants to do it to do so. Well, there it is. Episode 157 of the Inside Bassmaster podcast presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Perfect plug right there from Rick Moore. Make sure when you're up there early in the morning out there for long days, you have one of those as well as some water and you'll be good to go. But for this episode of the podcast, we'll see you in the next one. Next one. Next one is the pattern of the month segment for December. We'll see you then.